Welcome to the Daily Boogie. And welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I feel good. I hope you feel good. I hope you feel loose. I hope you feel live. I don't normally start this way. I normally like to start very, very slow, very casual. Well, good evening, everybody. Like I'm introducing a viewing night at a Star Trek convention. Hello, everybody. Good evening. But tonight is not the night for that. Tonight is a night to feel all right. I hope you feel all right. On the right. All right? (laughs) Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for spending your time with us here on a, what night is this? Tuesday night, Wednesday night, I don't know. Uh, If you didn't know, I'll, I'll open the kimono straight out of the gate here. I work nights here, and I actually work nights so I can keep in time with news around the world believe it or not. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons. That and I just love hanging around with the heroin junkies and the alcoholics because they are the best people, really. They, they are the best amongst us. I'm far more uncomfortable in a room full of people who are acting normal, doing normal things, having normal conversations than I am next to a hobo who's urinating on himself, a junkie searching feverishly for his last hit or an alcoholic telling me stories about his gin blossoms. So that's why I do what I do. But thank you so much for joining us. I think it is Tuesday night. I think we've got so much to get through. (laughs) Aussie Nick, thanks for joining us. Absolute pleasure to see you all in the chat. Hope you've had a lovely day. I certainly have. Um, I had so much stuff already. I was just having a conversation before the show with General in one of the chat rooms I'm in. And... You know, he was he was sending me stuff from Alabama, the Alabama Senate hearing about abortion. There's a filibuster going on and people are making outrageously absurd and hilarious funny claims about abortion and doctors going to prison and stuff. And I'm like, I, I, there's so much material floating around out here. I'm like three days backlog now. <laughs> so there's heaps of stuff I'm not even going to be able to get to tonight. And of course, the bad news, uh, there's no free for all. On Thursday this week, unfortunately. Because as you know, people are going to be coming over and gutting my kitchen. But tonight, um, a couple of things that people have sent on the Discord. So thanks everybody who's joined the Discord. Thanks everybody for joining in, posting articles. And just thanks to people on Twitter who, you know, at me and um, send me articles and stuff and send me clips, things that they find interesting. Because it really helps a lot. You know, it, it actually it helps tremendously when people are like, hey, have a look at this. I thought you might like this because I might not have seen it otherwise. So thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Um, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to, I, and actually I was just, rem- just reminded, if you'd like to um, get in touch, you can do so on Twitter. 
I just reminded myself of a video that somebody else posted that now I have to find on the Discord, which I should have had ready, which is very, very unprofessional. Now, where is that video? Oh, this is terrible. This is terrible stuff. This is very unprofessional, I know. I know, but it'll be a tremendous way to open the show if we can find it. Of course, we've got to find it first. That's the problem. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for the low, the slow start. God. How awful. How awful. I can't find it. I'll have to find it tomorrow, I think. I'll have to do it tomorrow, unfortunately. Much to the disappointment of everybody involved. Because it was so funny. I was laughing my ass off. And I can't believe I can't find it. So ill-prepared. All right, forget about it. Let's just pretend like the last two minutes didn't happen, guys. All right, you ready? Welcome to the Daily, po Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> before we get too far down the line, for those who missed uh, James's Periscope today, James's live stream, at real person, P-L-T-C-S, he made a claim based on information he got from a source, source being one of his co-hosts on his Saturday night show, Ladies of Liberty, that being Mike, that uh, apparently former CIA chief John Brennan has been getting interrogated for the last 30 hours. And so just to open the Komodo, I got in touch with James after he made this claim and I said, that's a pretty big statement just to put out there. <laughs> like, you know, everyone's going to know if you're wrong. <laughs> like, you know, hey, just just putting it out there, right? And he said, oh, yeah, balls out. So interesting times, interesting times. It'll be fun to see where this leads. See, I was, I remember a couple of years ago, the thing, I was talking about the investigation and things like, the Clinton Foundation, uh, the Awan brothers. But I'm somebody who, like, I can't do the same thing over and over. So I just naturally fell out of the groove and then got into a whole bunch of different grooves. So it's been a long time. And, you know, I did grow weary of the forecasting, but there does seem to be, even if you are a skeptic, right, there does seem to be a kind of change in the air, doesn't there? There does seem to be a shift in attitudes, just in the way things are being reported, the kinds of statements that various politicians are making. I know you can see it too. And if you're just taking, you know, an, uh, a, a top-down view of everything, you know, bases are shifting. So I find it very interesting indeed. Uh, let's on that note, let's kick it off with this. I want to show you something. An article here. Thanks everyone for joining us, by the way. This is from one of my personal favorites, Salon. Bill Barr goes scapegoat. 
hunting to boost Donald Trump's conspiracy theory. It's just a conspiracy theory, guys. It's just a conspiracy theory. All the questions about how the Russia investigation began, issues to do with the Pfizer court, perhaps unscrupulous, unethical work that was going on at the top rungs of the FBI, all of which has been documented. Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, etc., etc. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, etc., etc. James Comey, Andrew McCabe, etc., etc. All of which is on record. <laughs> it's just a conspiracy theory. I mean, come on. It's just like Elvis is still alive. Uh, aliens live on the moon, right? It's it's in the same category as that. Attorney General Attorney General is deploying Department of Justice resources to prop up Trump's baseless paranoid theories. <laughs> He's so paranoid. Lay off the weed, Trumpy. It's tremendous weed. As many people, including myself, predicted, after House Democrats failed to force Attorney General William Barr to face any serious consequences for ignoring the rule of law. Yes, that pesky rule of law. Hey, he ignored the rule of law, William Barr. He ignored the rule of law by not submitting himself to a gaping rectal examination courtesy of Jerry Nadler and the rest of the Democrat crew when he had no legal obligation to do so. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Barr has only been emboldened to go further. Late Monday, it was reported that Barr, clearly at the behest of President Trump, has opened yet another investigation of the FBI. Yet another. There's been so many. <laughs> specifically targeting agents who took part in the investigation of the Russian criminal conspiracy. So that's a real conspiracy, I guess. The Russian criminal, the collusion conspiracy is real. The conspiracy theories about how the investigation into the collusion, which didn't take place, began. That's a conspiracy, right? Are you keeping track? Are you keeping up with all of this at home? I know it's tough. We are in Salon land now. So you must, you, you need to have your thinking caps on. No, actually, take your thinking cap off, set it on fire, and then flush it down the toilet. That's the best place for the thinking cap when it comes to this stuff. This cannot be stated strenuously enough. Are you ready for this strenuous statement, ladies and gentlemen? There is no reason beyond sheer propaganda for the Department of Justice to do such a thing. Just propaganda. Propaganda and conspiracy theories. That's it. It's the only thing driving this. Special Counsel Robert Mueller and his team were quite thorough in explaining why the FBI took an interest in the Trump campaign's ties to Russia in the first place. The investigation was entirely legal and based on the evident fact that multiple campaign officials, most of whom have now pled guilty or been convicted, were engaged in shady behaviour that, that caused informants to blow the whistles. Wow! I, I feel like I'm inside out the level of manipulation that's going on here. First, the investigation was legal based on the fact that multiple campaign officials, most of whom who have now pled guilty or been convicted, were engaged in shady behaviour. Shady behaviour. Yes, and shady behaviour that took place many years before the campaign even existed, for example, in the case of Paul Manafort. <laughs> we, were, we were absolutely right to launch an 
unethical investigation of the Donald Trump campaign based on what Paul Manafort did four years earlier that we didn't officially know about until after we launched the camp until after we launched the investigation. Yes. And you know, the collusion conspiracy is really it's true. I mean, Papadopoulos spent a full what, twelve days in prison? Wow. Wow. Twelve days. Twelve days, you say. <whistles> you get more for a speeding ticket. <laughs> but as usually happens with Trump and his allies, conspiracy theories wow, they mention conspiracy theory very often in this in this article. Conspiracy theories, most most of which are half-formed and incoherent, have grown like weeds, fueled by Trump's half-baked and evidence-free claims that he was the target of illegal spying. Evidence-free. There's no evidence for any of this illegal spying conspiracy theory paranoia. Why, there were no reports in the New York Times boasting about how Trump officials are being listened to, how certain campaign officials were being listened to and this information was being shared around the various agencies. There's no evidence of that. Don't be silly. Of course, the illegal spying, which is just a conspiracy, a paranoid conspiracy theory at that, uh, just in the earlier paragraph was explained that Robert Mueller went over all of these illegal materials, apparently. This, this spying was perfectly legal. There was no conspiracy theory. Robert Mueller explained why people were spying. But was there spying? There was no spying. There was no spying. Don't be ridiculous. No, no. It was authorised, uh, specific, targeted surveillance, I think you'll find, in the new speak. <laughs> These false claims, back to the article, which involve hated targets like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, everybody's favourite Irishman, came directly from the paranoid minds of conspiracy theorists. They've mentioned conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorist at least half a dozen times in the first four paragraphs, headline and subheading. Methinks the writers at Salon really, 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 really want you to think that this is just a conspiracy theory. Here's a little tip for the author. Next time, don't come on so strong. It, you know, it pays to be subtle. If you're trying to plant a seed of thought which you want to sprout into some kind of imaginative flower, it's best to do it really, really subtly. You don't walk up to somebody, punch them in the face and say, it's a conspiracy theory. Say conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. Okay. They're on board. They believe it. They know it's a conspiracy theory now. Right? Yes. Okay. Doesn't work that way. You've got to, sometimes you've got to coax the bunny out of the burrow rather than shove C4 down the hole and press the button. Right? But speaking of conspiracy theory, I find it fascinating. We've played this clip before. We've played this clip before. And it brings us to the topic of today's discussion. What happened to you, Lindsay? You used to be such a lovely boy. Lindsay Graham used to be such a wonderful human being. He told that once upon a time, he told the truth. He was tremendous. We will get to Anna Navarro in a second. But we've played this clip before, and I'm just amazed that everybody is so surprised that this is happening, that investigations into how the Russia campaign started are now taking place. All of this stuff has already been out there. No secret code, no hidden intel drops, no reading the body language or the facial 
you know, reactions of people to figure this out. William Barr told you himself when he was in his confirmation hearings that this is exactly what he was going to do. Face up. Uh, FISA warrants. Are you familiar with the FISA warrant? Yes, Mr. Chairman. Okay. Uh, during the process of obtaining a warrant, is there a certification made by the Department of Justice to the court that the information being provided is reliable? Yes, sir. Are you familiar with uh, Bruce Orr? No, I'm not. Bruce Orr was Associate Deputy Attorney General for Organized Crime and Drug Enforcement. His wife worked at Fusion GPS. Are you familiar with Fusion I've, I've, GPS? Yes, I've read about that. Fusion GPS, uh, Mr. Barr, was hired by the Democratic National Committee and the Clinton campaign to do opposition research against candidate Trump and maybe other candidates. But we now know that they hired Fusion GPS, Michael Steele, who was a former British agent, uh, to do opposition research and produce dossier. Were you aware that Mr. Orr's wife worked for that organization? I've read that. Does that bother you if he had anything to do with the case? Yes. Are you aware that on numerous occasions he met with Mr. Steele while his wife worked with Fusion GPS? I've read that. Okay. The warrant certification against Carter Page on four different occasions certifies that the dossier, which was the main source of the warrant, was reliable. Yeah. Would you look in to see whether or not that was an accurate statement and hold people accountable if it was not? Yes, Mr. Chairman. Mueller. Now, I'm fully aware that most people, when they watch these kinds of hearings, and as I said in a previous show last week, I've watched hours and hours and hours of this stuff, not just America, but Australia, the UK, wherever I can find it, because I'm a bit of a sadist like that. I'm a bitter, twisted, cynical individual who just loves punishing myself, right? So I will sit through hours and hours and hours of this mind-numbing garbage just because that's how I roll. And I can fully understand that most people, their eyes glaze over when this kind of stuff is being discussed. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is just conspiracy theory. It's just a conspiracy theory. So the Steele dossier being the major part of the Pfizer application process, which was approved four times in order to authorize the spying on people like Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, just a conspiracy theory. Never happened. It's one of Trump's delusional, paranoid conspiracy theories. Like aliens living on the moon, dancing with Elvis Presley or something of that nature. Just a conspiracy theory. You say you've known Mueller a long time. Would you say you have a close relationship with Mr. Mueller? I would say we were good friends. Would you say uh, that you understand him to be a fair-minded person? Absolutely. Do you trust him to be fair to the president and the country as a whole? Yes. When his report comes to you, will you share it with us as much as possible? Consistent with the uh, regulations and the law, yes. Do you believe Mr. Mueller would be involved in a witch hunt against anybody? I don't, I don't believe Mr. Mueller would, would uh, be involved in a witch hunt. Which is important to say because then when the report does come out, and obviously at this point William Barr pretty much knows what the report's going to be, when the report does come out, you can say, well, I never thought it was a witch hunt. I never thought it was political. Not that it really matters anyway, because, of course, they're going to accuse you of that anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Standard operating procedure. What are the circumstances that would uh, 
allow a special counsel to be appointed, generally speaking. Here we go. Well, I appointed uh, three, Mr. Chairman, a special counsel, and, and, and generally... When, when something comes up, an issue comes up that needs to be investigated, and there are good reasons to have it investigated by a special counsel outside the normal chain at the department, uh -huh. someone usually of public stature that can provide additional assurance mm -hmm. of nonpartisan. Do you believe that Attorney General Sessions had a conflict because he worked on the Trump campaign? Uh, I'm not sure of all the facts, but I, I think he probably did the right thing recuse himself. I, I agree. I think he did the right thing to recuse himself. Do you know Rod Rosenstein? Yes, I do. What's your opinion of him? I have a very high opinion of Rod Rosenstein and his service in the department. Okay. Why did you write the memo? Uh, I wrote the memo because... Uh, Starting, I think, in June of 2017, there were many news reports, and, and, and I had no facts, and none of us really outside the... I think they're talking about the memo where he said the president can't be indicted. Do it in a way uh, that would have serious adverse consequences over time. And I wanted to make sure that Rod Rosenstein, Alan, says, follow how much will he read? And the guy said he... Is a one pager kind of guy. Excuse me. President Trump is a one pager kind of guy. He, I, I suspect he is. Okay, just remember that. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so I, I provided the memo to Rod, and I provided it, uh, distributed it freely among the other lawyers that I thought would be interested in it, and I think it was entirely proper. It's very common for me and for other former senior officials to weigh in on matters that they think may be ill-advised and may have ramifications down the road. For example, just a few months... I think we'll skip back to the beginning here. This is a very and loose show. with this tremendous power, use that power. Are you familiar with the uh, January 11th uh, New York Times article about way a counterintelligence investigation was opened up by somebody at the fbi slash department of justice against president trump yes mr chairman i think there are a number of investigations as i understand it going on in the department have you ever heard of such a thing in all the time you've been associated with the department of justice uh, I, I have never heard of that are there rules about how you can do counterintelligence investigations I believe there are, Mr. Chairman. So if you want to open up one against the president, are there any checks and balances? Uh, not outside the FBI. Okay. Well, we need to look at that. All right. You get the idea. He was always going to investigate how the investigation started. He told you himself. <laughs> uh, this was sent through by the lovely Beth Duffy. I won't play the whole clip. Breaking just moments ago as first... Breaking just moments ago. Everything is breaking just moments ago on Hannity Show. Reported by the New York Times, The Hill's John Times. Solomon, and now Fox News have all confirmed that the Attorney General Barr just appointed the U.S. Attorney in Connecticut to investigate the origins of the witch hunt into the Trump campaign. This is huge news, a colossal step forward for equal justice and equal application under our laws. It's what we have been telling you is a big part of what is coming. Now, if you're counting, this is now the third investigation into the deep state taking place in Barr's DOJ. And you can add. All right. 
So Sean Hannity announcing there the big news, apparently the bombshell news. But I want to take you to where the action is. I want to take you where the people know. I want to show you the real news, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for your patience. This is where it's at. If anybody knows what's really important here, it's the good people at CNN. Chris Cuomo with the top-rated show on CNN coming in at a very healthy 26th place. He speaks to a big cross-section of voters. <laughs> and the self-proclaimed Republican Anna Navarro shared some of her thoughts on her longtime pal, Lindsey Graham, today. If I may, um, as they say in Congress, a point of personal privilege. Please. I was hearing your interview with Senator Manchin about yep. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Lindsay has been a friend of mine for so many years. Here we go. I used to be able to pick up the phone and talk. She's holding back the tears. Holding back the tears. Lindsay, anytime I wanted. Anytime. He hasn't picked up the phone in a long time, so oh. I'm going to use your, uh, your, your show. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if this is a phenomenon just specific to Lindsey Graham or if Anna Navarro, when she calls people and you pick up your phone and it says, you know, Anna's calling, how many people go, ah, ah. Just let it go to voicemail. Don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. Oh. <sighs> Hi, Anna. <laughs> I told you to screen Anna's calls. I need a new secretary. To talk to him. Look, I was so proud to be a supporter of so Lindsey proud. Graham. So proud. I hosted fundraisers for him. Oh. I traveled with him. Yes. I love this man. I love he this man. He was a truth speaker. A truth speaker. He was speaker. a straight talker. A straight talker. He was John McCain's best friend. He was John McCain's best friend. And as you know, John McCain, very popular with large sections of the Trump voting base. <laughs> when I see what has become of Lindsey Graham oh. right now, oh. it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to see what has become of Lindsey Graham right now. I loved Lindsey Graham when he just did what John McCain told him to do. I loved Lindsey Graham when he was attacking the president. I loved Lindsey Graham when he was the allowable conservative on places right here, such as CNN. I was a big fan of Lindsey Graham as long as he was doing the things that I wanted him to do. But now he's coming out with all of these paranoid conspiracy theories, talking about FISA courts and investigations and dossiers and the P-tapes. My God, the P-tapes, ladies and gentlemen. He's obsessed with Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. I'm very, my heart hurts. I, I sit here today, Chris, with a heavy heart. My friend Lindsey Graham is going right off the rails. Because this is not the Lindsey Graham I know. Oh no, the Lindsey Graham I know is a lapdog. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Come on. Come on now. Come on, boy. This is not the Lindsey Graham I know. Why is he speaking out of turn? This hurts my heart. Like Senator Manchin, I mm. too don't recognize him. Uh, I know he is a man who loves his country, who is a patriot, who has served yes. this country. Yeah. I am proud and grateful for his service. Yep. But I am hoping uh, yep. that Lindsey Graham realizes mm that he is not serving this country well. He is not serving the Constitution well. <laughs> he is not serving the memory of John McCain well. Ah, oh, using the memory of a dead friend is like the lowest move possible. Seriously. 
If you have somebody in your life, somebody that you held dear, who has now passed on, what would you say to somebody who was... That is, that's just straight up emotional manipulation. Well, attempted anyway. It's not going to work because Anna Navarro is a sick joke and everybody laughs behind her back. But using the memory of a dead friend or a dead loved one is like lowball emotional manipulation 101. Right? What would Lindsay, what would Lindsay Graham, sir, what would your friend John McCain think of this? He would be spinning in his grave, Mr. Graham. Ask himself, what would John McCain do? What would, what would John McCain do? It's John McCain's fucking Jesus now, apparently. <laughs> so Anna Navarro, her feelings are hurt. Her, he- her heart is heavy. She weeps at night for her former friend, Lindsay Graham, who just won't pick up the telephone. He's not interested in talking to her anymore. He's gone right off the rails. He's not doing anything to help democracy. And he's insulting the dead memory, uh, the memory of his dead friend, John McCain. And when I was listening to this before, I thought, you know what? Just leave, We just need a little bit of atmosphere. Maybe I'm being a little bit too cynical. Maybe it'll all make sense if we just add a little bit of flavor to it. What do you say? That's better. Now let's see if it makes sense. If I may, uh, as they say in Congress, a point of personal privilege. I was hearing your interview with Senator Manchin about Lindsey Graham. Lindsey has been a friend of mine for so many years. Oh. I used to be able to pick up the phone <laughs> and talk to Lindsey anytime I wanted. He hasn't picked up the phone in a long time, so I'm going to oh use your, uh, your show to talk to him. Look, I was so proud to be a supporter of Lindsey Graham. I hosted fundraisers for him. I traveled with him. I love this man. I love he this was a truth speaker. He was a straight talker. He was John McCain's Come best home, friend. Lindsay. Come when I see home. what has become of Lindsey Graham right now, why won't you come home? It hurts my heart. It hurts, it hurts my, heart. my heart because this is not the Lindsey Graham I know. No. Like Senator Manchin, I too don't recognize him. I know he is a man who loves his country, who is a patriot, oh. who has served his country. Oh. I am proud and grateful for his service. Yes. But I am hoping uh, that oh, Lindsey Graham realizes that he is not serving this country well. He is not serving the Constitution That's well. Awful. He is not serving the memory <laughs> of John McCain well. Ask himself, what would John McCain do <laughs> in this? You know, he is not in Congress, he is not in the U.S. Senate Mm. to be Donald Trump's accomplice, Donald Trump's lawyer, Mm. Donald Trump's defender, an advisor, a legal advisor for Donald Trump Jr. He is there to represent the people of South Carolina. He is there to defend the U.S. Constitution. Lindsay, go back to being Lindsay. I feel like... Like it's like an episode of the Body Snatchers, that horrible time fi movie from the 1970s. <laughs> oh, why can't we get through to Lindsay? It's just like an episode of the Body Snatchers. It's awful. Poor Anna Navarro. Save Lindsay. Yes. Hashtag save Lindsay. Can we get that trending? <laughs> Pathetic. (laughs) The emotional appeal. It's like a fucking intervention. Anyone would think that Lindsey Graham had a needle full of heroin up his arm or something, the way she's talking. He won't pick up the phone. He won't listen to reason. He was such a good man. I supported him. I love him. Lindsey, come home. Lindsey, we miss you. (laughs) 
Wow. How dare you? How dare you, Mr. Graham? You need to do better. All right. (laughs) On the free speech issue, ladies and gentlemen. I saw a video posted the other day. This video here. But it came after I saw this on uh, PJW's new website, Summit News. New Zealand citizens receiving home visits from political police. New Zealanders are receiving home visits from police to check on their political views, with one individual claiming that authorities asked him if he supported Donald Trump. All the way over there in New Zealand. I'm in Australia. If the police came to my door, knocked on my door and said, Hello, Mr. Bumper, we'd like to ask you. Hello, I'm Constable Johns. This is Constable Smith. We'd like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, sure thing, officer. What do you got? Well, we just want to know, do you support Donald Trump? And it'd just be like slowly closing the door. And then you'd hear the deadlocks. Go away. (laughs) What the fuck is this? New Zealand uh, police visit a guy on Sunday. Let's have a look. Sunday morning. Quarter to ten. And we've got the police officers out the front. See what they want. See what they want. Has he got a... Does he have a star trooper? I, that looks like a star trooper in the background to me, don't you think? Look at that picture. That is a star trooper, ladies and gentlemen. This guy supports the Empire. This guy supports Darth Vader and the Emperor. Well, of course he's a fascist. Hey, gun. Hey, gun. Hey, gun. Just want to make sure we get. Just wonder what you. Again, guys can come on. I invite you on. Okay. So what's what's going on? What's what's? Um, yeah. I'm Nick. Yeah, I'm Nick oh, Bosch. Yeah. yeah. Cool. yeah. Okay. cool. Um, the reason we're here, it's um, it's basically down to the recent um, events in Christchurch. Um, what? With the shooting there. What? Right. And yeah. Based on that, um, sort of a number of people have been identified of we've been tasked to go and speak to. So you're you're one of those people. Wow. Um, that's really? Yeah. So what, what specifically so That's what that? I want to talk to you about, but I'm not really comfortable discussing this with you while I'm being filmed. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Really? Is that is that so? So this guy, this chap has been identified as a person of interest in relation to the Christchurch shooting, right? He said down there in Christchurch, so one can only assume that he's nowhere near Christchurch. Right? A person you've you've we've been asked to identify people and have a little chat with them. Wow. But you know what? I'm not comfortable with you filming it. <laughs> really? I'm I'm not comfortable with police showing up at my door asking me about a random shooting that I have nothing to do with based on potentially my political views, which I may or may not have posted on Facebook, perhaps. No, well, uh, I think you should be because, you know, I mean, you've come here on a Sunday morning. Yes. It's quarter to ten, isn't it? Right? Yeah. And you've come here onto my property and now you want to discuss something. Yes. So I think we need to get a record of this and... Make sure that whatever you're doing, or whatever you're doing, coming around here, and I notice you've got your your gun on your hip there, and uh, 
presume the, other, the lady here's also got a firearm? No, she doesn't. Oh, great. Okay, well, but hope that you've still got one. So you come around here and you're, well, I'd say, you know, intimidating with a firearm, right? And if you want to, talk, if you'd like to talk to me, that's fine, you know, yeah. but, you know, I'd like everyone else in, in New Zealand to know what you're coming to talk to people about, right? Mm -hmm. And what what's the issue, especially on a Sunday morning, you know? So, uh, are you willing to speak to me off camera or not? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, New Zealand, home of diversity, home of tolerance, home of a progressive modern society where police will visit you on a Sunday morning to ask you about your potentially disagreeable political views. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Isn't it horrifying? And this is all just perfectly normal. You have to uh, read a report on it from a website based in the UK to find out about this stuff. The man is happy to talk to the cops, but they refuse to do so on camera and eventually leave. In a separate clip, another man relates the story of how he was visited by armed police because he makes YouTube videos criticising mass migration. The man's wife and daughter, who were both upset by the experience, were also interviewed by the police. The man's wife and daughter were interviewed by the police. Do you know, in totalitarian regimes in the past, they used to teach the children to rat on their parents if they had any revolutionary ideas. Hey, does your dad does your dad talk about politics much? Do your parents, you know, do they ever host little parties? Do people Hi Hi Sally, hi Sally, sit down. Would you like a cookie? Okay. Now don't be afraid. I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions, okay? So do your parents ever get together get together with other big people and talk about things like the government and policies and stuff like that? Well, yes, my uncle comes over and he doesn't like the president very much. Oh, I see. Yes. And do they talk about, you know, do they, do they make plans for things like to do about, you know, politics and stuff like that? Do they did you ever hear him talking about that kind of thing? Yes, yeah, sometimes mummy and daddy talk about that. Oh, right. Okay. That's great. Next thing you know, mummy and daddy are being hauled off to an unmarked van in a back alley and the children are being placed in foster care. Yep. Police in New Zealand, ladies and gentlemen, interviewing your children to find out about how much you really believe about your own political views. Freedom, baby. Huh? Freedom. Horrifying stuff. One more article here from the summit, just because I was on the website. Gay liberal atheist Stephen Fry labelled a white supremacist for using the OK hand sign. There he is. The gay liberal atheist white supremacist Stephen Fry. Gay liberal atheist British television presenter Stephen Fry is being labelled a white supremacist because he did the OK hand sign. See, Stephen Fry is a bit of a throwback. If you don't watch a lot of British television, you're probably not aware of what a massive icon this guy is in British TV. QI, I believe for, what, 10 years? UK Neil's in the chat. QI, I think, had the second longest waiting list to be part of the studio audience, second behind only Top Gear, and I think the waiting list was about six years long. 
you had to nominate six years in advance to be on to be part of the studio audience for this guy's television show which is incredible it was one of the high it was if it wasn't the highest rating show on british tv it was one of the highest for a number of years when he was hosting it and this is a guy despite his political views is one much loved essentially across the board across the spectrum conservatives and liberals alike all like this guy but number two despite the fact that he is indeed a gay liberal british television presenter before that he was a comedy actor and he's very 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 pro free speech do you remember those lefties back in the day who were in favor of free speech now even bill maher for example a lot of people don't like bill maher for good reason there's a clip going around on the internet of him right now saying, I don't like Alex Jones, but he gets to speak. Ricky Gervais, there was a tweet the other day, I retweeted it, something along the lines of, we can disagree on everything, but we have to at least agree on free speech so we can keep talking to each other. So now this guy, much loved, free speech advocate, and so far left that buses don't even go there, is now being called a white supremacist by the ingrates and intellectually stunted on places like Twitter. And if you missed the show, um, a couple of weeks ago I did on Trust and Verify with my co-pilot James R. You can find it at TAV Show on Twitter. We did a whole show about this called You Are Not a Liberal. Look for the podcast in the backlog and you'll find it. You Are Not a Liberal. We went through, we went, we explained why the people who are calling for deplatforming and this kind of nonsense are not liberals. I'm taking the word back. You can't have that word anymore. You are some kind of sick manifestation that is crawling out of the ass of politics Satan and slopping onto the floor like like something between a mix of hot tar and puppy shit when the puppy has a really sore belly. And it instantly spreads and splashes onto your brand new drapes. Yes, I got a puppy not long ago. But that's what you are. You are not liberal. You are somewhere on that scale. You are somewhere on the evolutionary ladder. You are somewhere around the level of pond scum. Definitely not a liberal. The media then made a story out of the controversy, quoting numerous imbeciles who claimed Fry was boosting alt-right racists. (laughs) Didn't have you down as part of the alt-right one, right? Stephen and friends, you might want to be super careful using this symbol if you don't want to be confused with white supremacist creeps. No, you might want to be super careful before you start telling other people to be super careful. How about that? See, and it's always the way that they frame it too. Hey, just want to let you know, just being a friend here. Come home, Lindsay. Come home, Stephen. Stop playing with the alt-right. Just be super careful before you make these nasty racist hand symbols. There's a lot of people out here who really don't dig that kind of thing. Okay, Stephen, please come home. We love you, Stephen. We love you. Fry was forced to respond, tweeting. (laughs) This is a fantastic tweet. In the way only Stephen Fry can. I really will not allow the simple okay gesture to belong to the moronic, dog-whistling, catfishing, fog-horning, frog-marching, pig-sticking, dick-waving few who attempt to appropriate it for their own fatuous fantasies. Yes. <laughs> That's how you respond. That's how you respond. That's a polite British way of saying, why don't you go fuck yourself? How about that? What do you think of that? <laughs> Stephen Fry, 
the latest white supremacist, the gay liberal atheist, it's A-OK. Well done, Mr. Fry. Um, I, I have a, a Greenpeace protest. Oh, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. I tell you what, we'll do the Greenpeace protest. Uh, this happened in Sydney a couple of days ago. 13 Greenpeace activists have been arrested after several abseiled down the Harbour Bridge. Christy Culture is there. Christy, uh, have we seen all the protesters removed now? Yeah, that's right, Tom. The last of the protesters was just lowered down safely onto a police boat after a police abseiler had to go... Look at these idiots. <laughs> ...go down and start negotiations with them. It all started around 5 o'clock this morning when... See, why negotiate with them? If you're not familiar with Sydney, you won't understand what a pivotal part the Sydney Harbour Bridge plays in moving traffic around the city. <clears throat> you literally have North Sydney and Sydney proper. And the Sydney Harbour Bridge obviously goes across the harbour. And, you know, millions of people go back and forward on this bridge every single day. It is the major artery in a city of over 4 million people. So whenever a stunt like this happens, the whole city shuts down. <laughs> Gridlock. Now, for 4 million people trying to make their way around town, this can be a little problematic. So... <laughs> So these knuckle draggers, they want to get people on side with their protest. They want they the whole point of activism and protest is not to make a spectacle of yourself. The whole point of protesting and activism is to get other people to join you. Like I don't know, I don't know who's handing out the pamphlets now, who's writing the textbook about what protests are for. But whoever is writing these protest handbooks obviously missed a fucking memo somewhere along the line. Because now they're like, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's piss everybody off and then they'll want to join us. Let's annoy the entire city who before this really didn't care either way what we do and let's make them all hate us. That way, we're sure to get a pop an unpopular bill through Parliament. We're sure to get a groundswell of support. <laughs> Security noticed a group of Greenpeace protesters gathering on the bridge. They managed to detain a few of them, but three of them, professional abseilers, managed to make their way down and hang it from the western side of the bridge where they unfurled banners. It's all part of a Greenpeace oh. campaign calling for Australians to take notice of the effects of climate change. <laughs> take notice of the effects of climate change. The only notice that's being taken here is the Australians who are sitting in that gridlock traffic on that bridge right now going, these fucking assholes. These fucking guys. Fuck, who is it? Greenpeace? Ah oh, man. These pricks. That's how they're taking notice. But look at the look at the detachment. And this is, and again, you want to protest? Fine. But these are professional protesters. This is their job. This is how they make a living. I am... Honoured to be here this honored. morning. I'm honoured to be here. With seven Australians. Yeah. Who themselves speak honor. for hundreds of thousands of other Australian. Oh, we lost the audio. That's not me. It's in Tasmania that should not be burning. Yep. To storms and floods in Townsville uh, via droughts yeah. in the interior. The fish kills. Yes, it's awful. The heat waves that envelop the, the whole waves. of our country 
Australia is already experiencing climate emergency mm. and severe climate damage. Sure. And the number one cause of this climate damage yep. that is already harming so many Australian families Harming. is coal. It's a, it's about coal. <laughs> See, if I'm Seven News, I would I wouldn't allow you know two minutes of this soliloquy to go on, you know, without being pushed back on a little bit. And I'd say, sorry, I don't want to I don't want to interrupt your little speech here. But what the fuck does coal have to do with? Six drop kicks hanging from the Harbour Bridge and shutting the city down for five hours. Can you explain that to me? How do you how do you propose to get the Australian population and the population of Sydney on board with your ideas when you fuck their day completely with your little stunt hanging from the bridge? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. All of this makes me feel like this woman. You're going to love this. This is a Scottish woman. Uh, I can't remember who sent this to me. I can't remember how I found it. Sorry. So apologies if you're in the chat. I try to remember who sends me stuff. Uh, this is a Scottish woman ranting about traffic in, I think she's in Glasgow, but I'm not sure. You may not understand what she's talking about. You may only pick up every four or five or fourth or fifth word, but this is gold. Fucking a 20 minute journey. It journey. takes me to get to work and it just took me an hour. Actually, I don't think she is in Glasgow. I think I think she's in Liverpool by the sounds of it. Journey. UK Neil will be able to interpret this for us. I think that's a Liverpuglian accent. Journey. 15 minutes of my journey. Fucking a 20-minute journey. It takes me to get to work, and it just took me an hour and 15 minutes, and I'm just not at work yet. I've had to pull over and calm down. <laughs> Do you know what? If people want to run, fucking good on them, but why don't they let them run along the plump? I, do, I just don't get it. They can look at the boats while they're running up and down. I- <laughs> so, yeah, it's a scouser. So there's people running on the streets and they're closing the streets down. And she's like, why don't you just go run down by the park? Why don't you Why don't you go run down by the river, down the Mersey? You can look at the fucking pretty boats. Look at the boats. And why has half the city got to come to a fucking standstill? Because fucking Dave from Scam wants to put a sweatband on and fucking limber up on fucking Rodney Street. I, do, I, do, I don't get it. It's Sunday. I'm fucking worked six days this week. I'm doing overtime. I'm tired. I'm on my period. I'm fucking starving. I haven't seen my son since Friday. I'm all emotional. And every fucking road I've gone to tear up. Diversion blocked off. You just see people fucking limbering up on the side. <laughs> it's fucking Sunday morning. <laughs> see, that's the best part of the rant is when she goes up that extra couple of octaves. Every fucking road I go down, there's fucking people limbering up. Every fucking road, diversion, detour. Fucking people in their sweatpants were limbering up. It's fucking Sunday morning. <laughs> Sad. I'm a fucking liar. It's fucking Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, but why, why, why did they put them halfway through the fucking city in town? We've got, we've got Stanley Park. We've got fucking Tefton Park. We've got fucking two big massive parks in the city. We've got a fucking waterfront for them to run up and down and look at the boats while they're doing it. So why is half the city got to come to a fucking standstill? I just don't get it. Why? I really don't understand. It's fucking Sunday morning. 
Isn't she fantastic? But that for me embodies like we're in this stage of entitlement now where you you've got you've got these ideas about you know coal and stuff and you climate change and all that shit fine the majority of people are not rabid you know ideological maniacs i think most people aren't even politically engaged at all you know i think there's maybe 10 or 15% of us in the general population and it would be myself and you guys who watch this show and shows like this, who listen to podcasts like this, you are probably the only ones who are politically engaged enough to give a fuck about most things that happen in politics, right? Most people just don't care and they just live their lives. But when you bring it to them and when you get in their face and when you cause a you know an interruption to what they want to do, it's this entitlement like, well, fuck you. I'm protesting. No, close the streets. I'm I'm going to run. I'm being healthy. Fuck, you know, I, I own these. Whose streets? Our streets. And it's just like, I don't know about you, but I can sense a general. We're getting to the point now where the 85% of people who are not politically engaged, uh, they're just a kitten's whisker away from standing up, walking across the room, and grabbing that smelly, dreadlocked person who has all of the political ideas and just slapping them in the face and going, shut up, enough, sit down, shut up, eat your vegetables, we're all fucking sick of your shit, shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know what I mean? And whether it's in the UK or Australia or the United States of America or Canada or New Zealand... They're just pushing, 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 pushing. And then we're so close now to the 85%, like I said, just standing up and saying, enough of this shit. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you have to say. You are irrelevant. Just shut the fuck up. Because up until now, even though people try to tell us, you know, the professional agitators and the commentariat try to tell us that, everybody's so intolerant and nobody's tolerant of anybody else. I would say that the Western world has been exceptionally tolerant of everybody for a long, 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 long time. And I think the tolerance tank is starting to get a little bit tapped out, wouldn't you say? When you've got police knocking on your door asking who you vote for because some fucking whack job in another part of the country shot a bunch of people when you're two hours late to work because some idiot wants to hang off the bottom of the Harbour Bridge, or whether it takes you an hour and a half to go on a 15-minute drive because some entitled asshole wants to jog in the middle of the city. Whatever the reason is, I think the tolerance tank is starting to run dry. When you've got guys like Stephen Fry even now being labelled as white supremacists for doing the okay sign, the tolerance tank starts to run dry. And we're just, we're so close to that moment when everybody's just going to collectively snap out of it and say, that's it. I've had enough. You've had your fun for the last few decades. Now it's time for you to sit down, shut up, 
because we're done with this shit. We're not listening to your shit anymore. And some may say, it hasn't happened soon enough. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS. Like I said, if you missed uh, James's Periscope from earlier today, I'd highly recommend going back, checking it out. I'll find the name of it for you. Uh, it's called New Data, New Looks. So he did it earlier today. So look for at Real Person PLTCS. It'll be on his timeline in regards to William Barr and the investigation. Don't forget, crop follow Chris Mack as well. Chris MC 44 always has interesting guests. You will be confused by the end of the show, but that's exactly where you want to be. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Boogie Bumper and become a subscriber of the podcast by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. We'll be back tomorrow. Like I said, we've got a whole backlog of stories to get through. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. Until then, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Tracy, Sir Cal, Pauline, thank you. I just don't fucking understand. What if you want to go for a run? Just go down to the fucking park. Every fucking road. Detour. Because he wants to limber up in his fucking sweatpants. I don't fucking get it. Thanks, Aram Johns. Thank you, Kimmy Jong-un. Thank you, Nisi. Thank you, Minuteman. Thank you, my tweet voice. Thank you, Monica. Just go for a fucking run around the park. Thank you, Lady Fritzer. Thank you, Jennifer Briggs, the cherry popper. Just fucking run around the park. Look at the fucking ports. Look at the ports. <laughs> All right, guys. Until tomorrow. Be good. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.